at one point in this podcast today, I mentioned a book by Dr. Brant Petrie, and I mentioned that it's called The Case for Christ in the recording, but I just wanted to clarify it. It's actually called The Case for Jesus. So if you're doing a Google search looking for the book, it's Dr. Brant Petrie, The Case for Jesus. Thank you. Today is the day. Happy Easter, everyone. It sure is an Easter like none of us have ever experienced. But today is Easter, a day that validates the Christian faith, a day where we praise God, and a day where we thank God, and a day where we recognize the resurrection of His Son, Jesus Christ. You know, for many people, even Christians, I think, the resurrection is really hard to wrap your mind around. I mean, that kind of makes sense, right? It goes against all natural reason. A human being coming back to life and raising from the dead? A human being who claimed to be the Son of God? It just all goes against natural reason. But when you realize that it actually happened, it changes everything, right? Because if it doesn't happen, then Jesus really wasn't who he said he was. But it did happen, so everything Jesus did, everything he said was true. So how have I come to actually believe that it happened? And how do you know it actually happened? Well, I think every person arrives at this answer a little bit differently, maybe. Uh, But it all comes to searching for truth and ultimately believing in what you're reading and studying. And so for me, when I was growing up, that wasn't really the case. I wasn't studying my faith, as I've mentioned before. I just sort of believed what my parents said. I believed what I was learning in Catholic schools about Easter, right? I, I, I believed because I had no reason not to trust them. But as I grew older, and as I started talking to others more about my faith, I realized that I had to dig deeper for a better reason. And so one of the people that actually helped me understand the resurrection was Dr. Brant Petrie. So if you're not familiar with him, Dr. Brant Petrie wrote a book called The Case for Christ. And one time I was given a CD. Uh, It was actually from my wife's uncle. He gave me a CD. It was a lighthouse talk from the St. Augustine Institute. And the talk was from Dr. Bryant Petrie, and it was titled The Case for Christ, the same title as his book. And his focus on this talk was on three things, and it was finding truth in the Gospels, finding truth in Jesus's claim about the divine, and finding truth in the resurrection. How do we trust those three things? I want to focus on the third part there of his talk, which is, of course, about the resurrection. And so, when you read the accounts of the apostles, um, it's clear that they also doubted Jesus, and Jesus was standing right in front of them in the resurrection. And and this is <laughs> this is astounding, right? The resurrected Jesus stands right in front of them. Think about Thomas, right? Doubting Thomas is looking at Jesus and doesn't believe it until he touches the wounds of Jesus, the wounds of Jesus. 
And, you know, why didn't they believe it? Because they weren't dumb. They knew dead people stay dead, right? And so it was just as unbelievable to them as it is to many of us. So why did they believe then? Well, there's three main reasons that Dr. Petrie gives. The first reason is the empty tomb. All four Gospels mention the empty tomb. But couldn't somebody have stolen the body? Well, that's a claim you hear all the time. But I find that hard to be true. Because the prison guards, you know, who were watching the tomb, if they failed, they were going to be executed. (laughs) That's a stiff punishment, but, I mean, that was the Roman Empire's way. And so the second reason is the appearance of the risen Jesus, right? I mean, you've got the personal witness accounts. You've got Jesus appearing to Peter, James, John, Mary Magdalene, the other apostles, Thomas. And and it also says he appeared to 500 witnesses. And all of them had the same story about the empty tomb and then seeing Jesus alive. Now, all it takes is one of them to go against the story if this is a false claim. Just one of over 500 people need to tell the story differently for this all maybe to come unraveled. But none of them wavered. They all spoke of this. And all you had to do was ask them. And of course, for many of them, it eventually cost them their lives. But the third reason, so you had the first reason was the empty tomb. The second reason is the appearance of the risen Jesus. And a lot of people sort of stop there. But the third one that Dr. Petrie talks about that's very interesting is the fulfillment of Scripture. So Jesus died and raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. We've heard that before. So what Scriptures are they talking about? There's not a whole lot in the Old Testament that really mentions this. There's a lot of prophecy on the Messiah coming, but not much on being raised on the third day. There's just one particularly that comes to mind, and that's the book of Jonah. And so we we hear about this from Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew, when the Pharisees are asking Jesus to give them a sign that he is the Messiah. Jesus responds to them by calling them wicked and says, No sign shall be given except for the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and nights in the belly of the great fish, so too will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So let's look at the story of Jonah. If you haven't read Jonah Take 20 minutes and read it. It's a short read, but it's a good, it's a really good one. So when Jonah is thrown into the great ocean or the great sea, he is swallowed by the great fish. And if you read the story of Jonah, a lot of people believe Jonah was alive during that time, but he is not alive when he is in the belly of the fish for three days. He is dead. How do I know this? Well, As Dr. Bram Petrie says, if you look at Jonah's prayer, it says, I called to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol, and you brought me out of the pit. 
So what is the Sheol? We have to ask ourselves. Well, it means the realm of the dead. So he is crying out from the realm of the dead. And the Lord responds to that. And so the great fish then does what? Vomits out literally a corpse of Jonah who then comes to life. And what does he do at that point? He goes to the whole city and every single person in that city repents. And the people in that city are pagans, very immoral people. And when they hear Jonah's story, everyone repents. And the belief is that this is a miracle. And so when you think of what Jesus said, his life would be like the life of Jonah. And he does the same thing. He descended into hell after his death, the realm of the dead. And on the third day, he rose. And what does Jesus do now? He sends out the apostles to all the pagan cities, and they start converting. And for centuries, people had been worshiping false gods and temples. But now, all of them, one by one, begin to worship God, the God of the Jews, the God of Jesus. That is the miracle of the resurrection. And it, just look at the, the conversion of the pagans. And, you know, another thing to think about with the story of Jonah is that this was an older story, right? It's hard to date it, but a lot of the things that I found is that it was set in the 7th century B.C., but probably written in the 4th or 5th century B.C. And so this is a, an event that happened four or 500 years before the life of Jesus and before Jesus fulfilled this prophecy. So it's it's that's so many different prophecies that you hear about. There's just so much time in between each of them. Another famous Christian that many people read is C.S. Lewis, and, and he was, of course, an atheist at one point in his life, but he came to know Christ. And one of the things he said that stands out to me is that um, he says, one, it is one thing to profess the faith. It is another thing to persevere in the faith. To persevere means that the fact that, that Jesus is who he said he is, it has to change everything, and it must change you specifically. To just profess the faith means you mention the resurrection. You mention your belief in Jesus being God, but then you go about your daily life as if nothing's changed. But to persevere through it means it must change you, and you must live out that faith. That's difficult to do. That's why C.S. Lewis calls it persevering. And so I think that's why today I'm reminded how much I should thank God in all situations. You know, oftentimes we're very thankful when things go right. But it is a lot harder to trust in God's plan when things go wrong. But if we're able to submit fully to God and trust in His will, in all situations, it seems we can really tap into a special power. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave, from the tomb. It doesn't mean that we don't feel pain in tough situations. It doesn't mean that we just go through life blindly at all. But it means that if we believe in the resurrection 
it changes us. And tapping into our faith when things aren't going well is something we need to be able to do. One time uh, St. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8, he said, uh, Who then can separate us from the love of Christ? Who then can, can trouble to do it? or hardship, or persecution, or hunger, or poverty, or danger, or death. He, he's saying, can trouble do that? Can hardship separate us from the love of God? Can persecution separate us from the love of God? He goes on to say, as the scripture says, for your sake we are in danger at all times. We are treated like sheep that are going to be slaughtered. <laughs> That's a dark warning for all of us. Paul is telling those Romans at that time, and, and it means the same thing to us today, that you are going to be treated like sheep who are going to be slaughtered. There are going to be times in your life where things don't go so well. But he says as well to the Romans, in all of these things, we have complete victory through him who loved us. For I am certain that nothing can separate us from his love. So, what are we supposed to do in times of hardship? Or in times of doubt? Or when we're alone? When we're feeling pain of any kind? Do we blame God? I suggest we don't do that. It's not easy sometimes. What if we tapped into that power, the same power that rose Jesus from the grave? In the first book of Peter, it says, My dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful test you are suffering, as though something unusual were happening to you. Rather, be glad that you are sharing in Christ's sufferings, so that you may be full of joy when his glory is revealed. You may have heard that before. When you are suffering, offer those sufferings up to God. And what Peter's saying here is a little different. It's saying recognize what Jesus did dying on the cross for all of us. If you're feeling pain, Recognize that you're sharing in those same sufferings that your Savior went through, even if it's on a different scale, right? If we do that, we may be then full of joy and His glory be revealed to us. And that's what happens on Easter Sunday. His glory was revealed when He rose and showed humanity why we can trust in Him. I want to share one more story with you. If you haven't heard of the story of a, a woman named Corey Boom, Corey Ten Boom, um, it's kind of an interesting name, but she wrote a memoir called The Hiding Place. I strongly recommend it. Uh, Corey, along with her sister Betsy, had been arrested during the Holocaust. They were arrested for helping the Jews, and then they themselves were sent to a Nazi prison camp. Corey recalls her sister, particularly, always praying for the Nazi guards every time they witnessed some horrific act that they were committing. One time, she mentioned that they witnessed a Nazi guard beating 
a naked Jewish woman who was just lying in the middle of camp. And, and Corey recalls hearing Betsy praying, asking God to forgive the guards. And this really confused Corey. But Betsy always referenced a tiny little Bible that she was able to sneak into the camp to defend what she was doing. <clears throat> In another instance, Corey recalls having a conversation with Betsy about some nasty rotten straw that they were given to sleep on. It was infested with fleas. And Corey asked Betsy, how in the world are we going to stay in this place? And Betsy's response was a quote from Corinthians. And it's a tough one to swallow. It says, rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. So, that's what they did. They began to pray and thank God for everything in the barracks, good and bad. Betsy wasn't on board with some of this at first, particularly when they started thanking God for the fleas. The same fleas that were literally eating at their flesh constantly. So, what happened? Well, Betsy began to share her beliefs with others in the camp, particularly during mealtime. So how were they able to do this? Well, during that time, they were eating in a very large room. And they went to this large room because typically the guards wouldn't go there. And they didn't really understand it. Why were the guards everywhere but this room? So they went there. And that's when Betsy would get her small little Bible out. And she would pray and actually hold small services of sorts. At first, they were really scared to death to do this. I mean, imagine if they were caught. They would probably be killed. They thought the guards would find out. But the services kept growing in this large room and eventually became a, a regular secret service that was being held. So who knows how many lives Betsy particularly was able to change because of these services. Well, later, they actually found out why the guards wouldn't go into that room. It was because of the fleas. The fleas were totally infested in that room. And Corey now understood to <laughs> and mentioned to Betsy, I get it now. I get why we're thanking God for the fleas. The truth was revealed. So, much in the same way the truth was revealed to all of us on Easter Sunday. I want you to do this for today in this crazy 2020. Thank God for everything, even for this crazy coronavirus right now. It doesn't mean we love the virus. It doesn't mean the virus won't cause harm to us or others. But if we trust in God, the truth will be revealed to us. No matter what, remember, the resurrection is true. Regardless of what happens to you, the resurrection is true. So, hang in there. God's glory will be revealed to you. As long as you pray now, pray always, and thank God for everything. Even for the fleece. Happy Easter, everyone. <laughs>